You're listening to Likely Story on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. I'm your co-host Polly here with Shelby and it's time for episode 28. All right. Uh... Hello, first of all, <laughs> Shelby here, your co-host with Polly. Hey. Uh, Polly, you have had a story that I have been impatiently waiting several days to hear. Can you please just start with that? Yes. I'm not going to tell our listeners what it was. I'm just going to start at the beginning of the story. Okay. So. <laughs> Once upon a time, <laughs> in 2016, I was driving to work. And I, well, we're going way back in this story. <laughs> okay, continue. And I pull into our parking garage and I circle and circle and circle and I find a spot. And I go and I get in the elevator and I press, you know, floor one and it's going and then it makes a sound um, that it's been making often of like grinding metal. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, um, uh, the day before, I had been in the elevator with one of my bosses, and um, she had said, you know, I've been thinking that I should test the phone to see if it works because I don't have cell phone reception in this elevator. So I should, you know, I, I just should test it someday, just in the event that I would get stuck. Oh so God. I'm in the elevator the next day, and it makes that horrible grinding sound. And then I get, I think, to the top floor, and it goes... Nah! And then this little light comes on and the top like screen section where um, it tells you what floor you're on. Yeah. And it says, please exit elevator when door opens. <laughs> Wait, what? But the door is not opening. <laughs> oh, my God. So I stood there for a while thinking maybe it was just going to open. Yeah. And then I realized that it probably wasn't going to open uh-huh. and I tested the buttons to like try to get the <laughs> door to open. Yeah. That was one of the first things that I did and nothing happened. Um, and so I texted my coworker, Caitlin, and said, hey, I'm stuck in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, really? <laughs> yes. Um, and I also texted John he was like, do you need me to call for anyone? And I'm like, we can take care of this locally. Don't worry. <laughs> we can take care of this locally. <laughs> okay. And so I immediately think, well, I'll just use the phone. And at first I look around to see if there's like a button just to press and then yeah. there's an alarm button. So I press that. It just makes a ringing alarm sound. It doesn't actually do oh anything for you. <laughs> And then I opened the phone and I'm looking at the instructions and it was like press button to call for help. Once red but red light is blinking, it means your call has been received and help is on the way. Okay. So I press the button and it does the dial tone. The like, okay. And it does it a few more times and then it sounds like it connects and I'm like hello hello and then there's another click and the red light just goes off. <laughs> Okay. So I try pressing the button again and now nothing is happening. Like there there there's no like dial tone, no, no nothing. Nope. 
and it's just a button like there is nothing else to this except for a button and like a speaker yeah the instructions so then i text caitlin i'm like will you come down and tell actually just recently our garage started having people stand at the entrance of the garage for Hmm. to watch people scan their cards and go in it seems like a highly unnecessary job but (laughs) (laughs) then you get stuck in an elevator and you're a little more thankful that there's someone standing there yeah so Caitlin comes and she enters like the little lobby where the elevator is. Um, and this is like totally separate. Like there's no reason to be in this lobby unless you are going to ride the elevator. Oh, right. There's like, like nothing else there. No. It's just for this it's parking garage area. It's just for the parking garage. So it's not like I'm in like a lobby or something where I yeah. can like call for help. And Caitlin comes and I'm really lucky that I'm on the first floor. So the elevator yeah. worked all the way to the first floor. So I have cell phone reception. Okay. And Caitlin comes in and is like, Polly, <laughs> like, hey. So, if the doors had opened, you would have been like at a floor you could at yes. least like get off on, yes. right? Right, right. Okay, I wasn't like in between floors or okay. anything like that. <laughs> and I'm like, will you go get the attendant and see if she can get me out? So Caitlin goes and talks to the attendant, and the attendant says, "It's my second day. I don't know what to do." <laughs> Okay, okay, like call someone. <laughs> and then I'm like starting to think and Caitlin's standing there talking to me. I have finished a full cup of coffee. So things are going to get dire soon. Um, and I'm talking to Caitlin and I'm like, I don't feel like I should be calling 911 because I'm not in like danger. Right. But I technically also, you're very safe. Yes. <laughs> as long as it doesn't like suddenly drop or something sure. like that. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm like, okay, so what? So we're waiting for this girl to come back and she comes back and she was like, there's no one in the office. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and not, it was like maybe a minute later, the door just opens. What? It just opens. Did it stay open then or did it close? No, it closed and it <gasps> almost closed on me. And Caitlin was like, no, <laughs> and like jumped and threw her arms in front of the elevator. Oh it retracted. Like it recognized that there was someone there. But, yeah. Um, and then the elevator didn't work at all. Cause Caitlin also tried to like press the buttons. Okay. Like call the elevator and that yeah. did nothing. It didn't well, I mean, turn that, on. I'm like, that makes me feel a little bit better that no one else then hopefully yeah. got stuck. But so, so then. Um, I've sworn off this elevator. Yeah. Like, I'm never riding this again. It was sketchy to begin with. Sure. Now I've been stuck in it. Who knows when that could happen again? What do again? you think, like, the total time of you being stuck About was? 20 minutes. Okay, because you texted <laughs> me, and the text I received just said, I am stuck in an elevator, <laughs> period. <laughs> and I didn't see that for, like, 10 or 15 minutes, I think. And then, like, my response was just, What? <laughs> With exclamations. And then like another five or ten minutes later, you you just said, I'm free now. Talk to you later. <laughs> so I didn't know what the entire time was. But yes. like 20 minutes is kind of a substantial amount yeah, of time it, to be stuck in an elevator. It made me running very late for a meeting that I had later in the day. Like yeah. I had enough time to like prep and get everything ready that I needed to for this meeting. Yeah. And then I was running around the office furiously, uh. like cursing our printer because it was printing one page per every five seconds um everything was thrown off and i got into my meeting and my boss was like polly's here to save the day she was stuck in an elevator that's why she wasn't here earlier oh my gosh (laughs) 
Um, uh, yeah. So, so you'll never take that elevator again. So at the end of the day, I take the other elevators, which close at six. So here's the funny thing about our parking garage. You can only take the stairs up and out of the garage. You okay. cannot, the, the, the walkway to get to the stairwell is locked from the outside. Okay. So you can only leave the parking garage yeah. via stairs. You cannot you go back enter. into it. There is another set of lot. There's another lobby, which is a lobby to a, a business building, like mm-hmm. an office building. Those lock and close at six. Yeah. So if there's no way to get down, the only way to get to the stairs is if you walk down the ramp where you enter the garage and uh-huh. walk around and then enter the stairwell and go down. Interesting. It's a mess. So I take the other uh, the ele- other elevators down, and I see management of the parking garage, like in their office. I'm oh. like, "Hey, did anyone tell you that the the elevator's broken?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, <laughs> "Did anyone fix it or come to fix it?" And they're like, "Well, they don't really keep us up to date on that." And I'm like, "Okay, I was stuck in it earlier." And they're like, "Oh," I'm like, "I was stuck in an elevator." <laughs> Like they're just like what? blankly staring <laughs> <Yes>. at you. <laughs> and the, the one lady who I see often, she works in the evenings when there's like events happening in downtown okay. to man the garage. Um, and she was like, oh, you must have had a rough morning. And I'm like, oh my God, I was stuck in an elevator. <laughs> like, yes, I'm free now. But I like was <laughs> contemplating calling 911. Like I didn't know who the proper authorities were because you aren't here to help me. Oh, man. So flash forward to today. This is, this is, it was on Wednesday. Now it's Friday. <laughs> and I'm on my phone and I'm leaving work and I had a stressful end of my day. So I'm like not really thinking. Right. And I open the door to the elevator and I press the button and I get in the elevator and I'm still on my phone and I'm like, I'm in the elevator. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> because well, i was like not i wasn't that's my muscle yeah, memory because you were like flustered take, and so you were doing yeah. thinking about other stuff i'm like ah! <laughs> so i survived another trip in the elevator <laughs> did not Seems get like stuck. a close call it was it was and then i posted on facebook um i I got stuck in an elevator today. I lived to tell the tale. And I got all of these responses of people being like, that's my worst nightmare. And someone's <laughs> like, did you have to pee? <laughs> so a lot of people are very oh. scared of elevators. I'm lucky that I'm not claustrophobic. So it yeah. wasn't, it, had I been there for too much longer, I would have started to be like, okay, I've, I'm over being in an yeah. elevator now. Please get me out. But we um, have bad ones. The ones in our office, um, were like completely revamped, uh-huh. which fixed a lot of problems. But at one point, we had like um, a recent college graduate as a fellow, and she was stuck in the elevator. So we're you can get on at like the ground level, mm-hmm. and then we're on floor four, and we have twelve floors, I think. Yeah, and it just kept going. Like, it wouldn't stop long enough for anyone to, like, help her get out. It just kept, like, it'd go up to the ninth floor and then, like, wait and then go to the third and then go to the fourth. What the heck? It's a demon elevator. That would be so much worse. So that was intense. But I will take a stationary elevator. We all kind of, like, didn't go in the middle elevator for a long time (laughs) until they redid them. And then I haven't thought about, like, bad elevators until this scenario. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're free. I'm free. So sorry it. your Wednesday was traumatic. <laughs> it was a really <laughs> stressful morning. Also, it was screamed at in the street on Wednesday morning. So, 
that's a whole yeah. different situation entirely. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. So we're going to go on to our new segment that's not going to become a segment, but nope. I think it should. <laughs> Just for today. Because I have no follow-up stories. <laughs> but what we do have today... <coughs> are two really great conspiracy theories yes. that have been circling the internet all day today. Yes. Um, the first one is about Katy Perry. Yeah. And apparently this surfaced last year, but there is this conspiracy theory that Katy Perry is actually JonBenet Ramsey, who is the six-year-old from Boulder, um, who was uh, murdered in 96 in her home in Boulder. Yep. And so the conspiracy theory is that she was actually sacrificed to become a pop star who is now Katy Perry. Yes. And my favorite part about this conspiracy theory is one of the people uh, in this very legitimate news source, a YouTube user jungle surfer <laughs> um his argument for why this is clearly an accurate thing it's not a conspiracy like it's a true fact to him is because you are born is these are quotes from youtube it's a great lesson in why you should never read youtube comments he says you are born with your eyebrows they are very close Katy perry and jean benet ramsey those eyebrows are very close and eyebrows do not change. As we all know, (laughs) you are born with the eyebrows you will always have. (laughs) And thus confirming to him that these two people, though born six years apart are the same. Yes. Polly thoughts. (laughs) Um, so the six years apart concerns me less because birth certificates can be forged. So very easily they could have been like, we need to make this a clear distinction that there's no way anyone could discover that Katy Perry is that actually the Jean same Benet. person. So we're going to, is Katy Perry six years older or younger? Yep. Six so, years older. So, and Katy Perry looks young, if I do say so myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is not where I thought this was going to go. Okay. Um, so I read um, the conspiracy theory in papermag.com mm-hmm. um, and they were very nice and um, put together a list of points that you should consider when thinking about this theory. Um, So you don't have to watch all the YouTube videos. And (laughs) my favorite is, um, well, there's two. So Katy Perry referenced JonBenet Ramsey in her biography saying there was no JonBenet Ramsey inside of me waiting to burst out. Classic misdirection. Interesting. And then my favorite is both Jean Benet Ramsey and Katy Perry knew the lyrics to God Bless America. Because <laughs> that's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. You're you're really selling me on this. Um, oh, here here's a really great one. Um, Jean Benet Ramsey and Katy Perry both have parents, and if you make. Ex- extensive assumptions about aging and body transformations they almost look like each other okay i now i need to google these parents i think the one that really sells it for me which we might as well end on is that um checkered 
patterns. Oh yes, yes. Show up in not only both of their costumes, yes. but also on Katy Perry's video sets. There are checkered floors, and the Ramsey kitchen floor was checkered. I've never seen checkered anything until these two I know. single situations. My first apartment in Denver definitely did not have a checkered kitchen floor. Well, and I never thought that you were JonBenet Ramsey. Yeah, that's crazy. We're both blonde. And you're somewhat closer in age. Wait a second. <laughs> Are you JonBenet Ramsey? <laughs> Also, I'll, I have to add one more. I'm sorry. Okay. The Ramsey parents did not show sufficient emotion about their daughter to convince conspiracy theorists that their child was gone. Hmm. I wonder why they didn't show sufficient emotion. Polly has a clear decision about this case. <laughs> maybe it's because they might have maybe, you know, had something to do with her death. Just throwing it out there. It's very, very local, close to home case. Yes. Boulder, Colorado. Um, okay. I am going to go with undecided. I need to research it more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the truth is we're not going to look into it anymore. <laughs> I, well, I'm not. I think it's hilarious that this was a conspiracy that like the original YouTube video claiming this came out two years ago almost or something. Oh, what brought and it for back up? some reason yeah. today got all... Um, brought back up. It's like when news stories that you wanted to go away suddenly come back suddenly months later. Come back. My favorite yeah. conspiracy theory <laughs> of the day, which might indicate to you how my Friday went, but I laughed about this for a really long time at work today. <laughs> um, there was a new poll released of prospective Florida voters. This happened earlier this week. And um, for some reason, which I don't quite understand, and the methodology has not been released, results of this poll show that 10% of Florida voter, prospective Florida voters, think that Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer, <laughs> and another 20% aren't sure but think he could be <laughs> yes and so like the top line of this has been 38 percent 38 percent of prospective florida voters think that ted cruz is the zodiac yes. killer and all the only reason that this has happened and there has been a side-by-side -side photo of what they think oh, the zodiac killer looks like <laughs> in ted cruz's face um i don't Oh, man. Look I at that. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. They might as well be twins. I just don't understand. Like, we had a lot of discussion about this, and there is nothing else to indicate this. But, like, why was this even a question? Like, Because it was PPP. Sorry. It was, like, I, <laughs> it was Northern like California. <laughs> like, it's just so funny to me that, like, Somebody, though, that was writing this ridiculous poll was like, you know, it'd be funny to ask. What if we ask people if they think Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer who was active in the 60s and 70s in Northern California? It's a Texas senator. They're polling Florida voters. And everything about it is so amazingly perfect and weird. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, I want to see the margin of error. I'm really unclear 
whether they're going to release that. Although now I'm like reading this Rolling Stone article and apparently <laughs> speculation about this started on Twitter in 2013. Oh my gosh. That's why it came. Where people were just going back and forth. Um about like he must have just somebody thought he looked like him and so then like the so, twitter goes through and the my favorite tweet that i'm just seeing now is saying that ted cruz was born in calgary oh and the zodiac killer's first two victims were cal and gary oh and this person goes coincidence i think that me thinks not <laughs> So I would just like to, I just pulled up the poll and I would just like to read the question that (laughs) preceded this question and the question that came after. So question 18 was, do you think Marco Rubio's campaign for president has helped Florida's image, hurt it, or has not made a difference? And then people talk (laughs) about it. Question 19, do you think Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer or not? (laughs) Question 20, In the last presidential election, did you vote for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney? So they really just threw that one in there. (laughs) There's no lead up. Oh, my God. They're not even talking about Ted Cruz in the previous or subsequent question. This is the most amazing thing ever. I absolutely love polling. Yeah, I'm going to, we have a polling firm in my um, consulting firm, so I will be talking to um, our head of research about this poll. Yes. Seeing if he can do one in Colorado (laughs) to see where we stand in this this whole. It'd be be great to know. How does the age work out in that? Like, I don't feel like. Um, So, despite calls to put the rumors to bed once and for all, this is back to the Rolling Stone article. Cruz has not bothered to deny or even acknowledge the rumors, perhaps because he was born in 1970, (laughs) which is two years after the Zodiac began his killing spree. (laughs) And I don't mean to laugh, but the Zodiac killer is terrifying. I cannot tell you how many times I've watched that movie and it is terrifying. And to know that that happened in real life and that people were killed is terrifying. But the fact that there are speculations about Ted Cruz being the Zodiac Killer when he was born two Two years years. after it started. Oh, people are so funny. Um, So final vote. Well, I think this is a great line. I'm reading a Gawker um, article and it says um, PPP surveyed over a thousand registered voters total. And of those people, an alarming number were not just suspicious, but confident that the man uh, with too much skin, Ted Cruz, was in fact the Zodiac Killer. And then before that, it was like, as far as a good portion of the American public is concerned, Ted Cruz might as well be the Zodiac Killer. Oh, my gosh. This is just crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I so final, final vote. Do you think that Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer? Um, and I, please substantiate your claim. I think he's actually a weasel. <laughs> like the animal. <laughs> yes. Okay. He's got a weaselly look to him. This is not political. You just genuinely think he is a small animal. Yeah, I think he's a weasel. Okay. I'm going to keep it to I don't think he's the Zodiac Killer only because (laughs) he was born two years after it all started. Although we just discussed how easy it is to forge birth certificates in the Katy Perry case. Yeah. 
And I mean, I, I mean, serial killers are notoriously young looking. I don't have anything. No, nope, I don't that know that with. that's going anywhere. Okay, I'm gonna vote no. Let's put these conspiracy theories. I vote weasel to rest. And with that, we could get into our regular <laughs> topics because I'm that those are the only conspiracies I have today. We'll find more for you next time on Conspiracy Theory Friday. It's not a thing. <laughs> Remember when you told me I couldn't talk about animals and then you got a cat and that all changed? I let's, think the same um, thing is going to happen with Conspiracy Theory Friday. Let's talk about the Oscars. <laughs> Just moving right along. Good segue, Shelby. Thank you. <laughs> Oscars. Oscars. Uh, yes. So we talked about these a couple es- episodes ago. The main discussion has been about the lack of diversity in nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, we are recording on Friday night. It is currently February 26th. We're going to release a little bit early. So look yeah. at you guys listening to this a little bit early because the Oscars are this Sunday. Yep. Um, yeah. So Woot. it it feels at least on the internet because of all of the other things happening uh with politics and lives and people that um the kind of the call for boycotting the Oscars hasn't been as prominent mm-hmm. on the internet but there have still been a few more things which is good to keep attention on this issue um and now a lot of people are looking at how Chris Rock as the host is going to yeah. handle this, um, how, what he'll do, and what presenters or even award winners might kind of do to call attention to the issue. Yeah. So what do you think about um, Chris Rock being the host? Are you excited? Or Yeah, I think he'll do really well, um, especially in light of the diversity issue. Um, it's an interesting year to have a black host. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he was picked long before... It was all revealed that there would be no mm-hmm. black nominees um, or people of color in mm-hmm. general. Um, and Chris Rock in his stand-up com- stand-up comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> can't talk. Um, you know, and in 2005 when he hosted, he talks a lot about diversity and he talks about racism a great deal in his sketches. Yeah. Um, and in 2005. Five, there were four black nominees. Yep. So 11 years ago. He made a lot of, like, I mean, he brought a lot of attention yeah. to that in 05. When there were only four. And now in 2016, with a black man as our president, and we now have no nominees yeah. that are of color. Yeah. Um, but I think he'll do a really great job of bringing attention. The NPR story that we'll put in the show notes talked about how it would be a lot different if like someone like Neil Patrick Harris would be hosting because there would be like a minute of jokes about yep. how it's not diverse and blah, blah, blah. And then it would be over. And they just go on with the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with someone like Chris Rock who talks about racism that's part of his job and what he has made a career on. Um, I think it'll be highlighted a lot more throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. And we'll, um, there's a great NPR story about this and I think it's, it's in this story or another one. Um, there's a couple we'll put in the show notes, but uh, Oh yeah. So Robin Thede, I think uh, who is currently a writer for the nightly show with Larry Wilmore, which mm-hmm. I love and had previously been on um, Chris Rock's writing team for a couple different awards shows and different shows, uh, had an idea that um, 
said that if she was on his writing staff for the Oscars, what she she's like, no, I know exactly what I would do. I would just have him for the whole show bring up every actor and actress that should have been nominated yeah. for their outstanding work this year that represent all of the perspectives and backgrounds mm-hmm. of the people in the U.S. Yep. and have them sit on the stage yep. and just wa- like have full moments of silence and have the audience just staring at them yeah, and then just like have them there for the show. <laughs> yep. I was like, that would be intensely awkward for a lot of people. Yep. And I think a very like, um, what's like, it's, uh, I want to say passive resistance, but that's not right. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. On their part, it's a very passive, like, we're here mm-hmm. and we're not, like, yelling at you. This isn't in your, like, it's yeah. just kind of present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know to call attention to it, but we shall see It's what... like, we're going to throw this in your face and you're going to have to sit here and be uncomfortable about yes. it. Yeah. Like, we're going to... Because we're... this is a... Yeah. Yes, like, this is an uncomfortably terrible thing and not in the way... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I'm yeah. very... in ill-equipped um i get what you're saying though it's not like it's not uncomfortable that people of color like they should have been nominated nominated yeah the fact that you're all still there and maybe not doing anything to help increase attention yeah. or fix this problem yeah like, and you have to sit you with should that. sit and be uncomfortable yeah. with it <laughs> yeah for sure um and then there, they also talked in this NPR piece um, about it, the Golden Globes, how um, Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor or whatever it's called. In, I don't, I didn't watch yeah. the Golden Globes um, for his role in the Reven- Revenant. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Um, and he, his speech was all about speaking on speaking out to native peoples and saying that he was sharing this award with them and like Mm -hmm. how native communities have been trampled upon for decades. I mean, even in in the NPR story, the same one, Chris Rock even brings up uh, native peoples and how they have suffered even more than any, um, anyone else um, for just getting shit on for, I mean, yeah, since, we came and took over their land. <laughs> um, Ooh, so it'll be provocative on whoa. a Friday night, Polly. Whoa. Um, but we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if, if he wins, which it's projected that he will mm-hmm. win, we'll get to her, get to that in a little bit. But, um, yeah. if he'll do the same thing, which I anticipate that he I would, anticipate, I mean, like of, there are a lot of actors and I think this is like, this is thinking about and far deeper and we should have guests to talk about this and not just the two of us, but there is power and privilege in being white and being a white male actor in Hollywood, especially. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some that use that very well to empower other voices Yes, and to, you know, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio has always done that yeah. like there's kind of a trend of him doing that and so i would fully expect him to get up and again like acknowledge native americans and first nations um who have a major impact on the story that he was recreating yeah. in his movie and all of that so i would fully expect that to to not happen again and not i'm just like i, th- I don't know i guess i'm curious how many others 
will use that platform yeah. and use that opportunity to talk about race and to continue to highlight yeah. um, versus either ignoring it, dismissing it directly, yeah, <laughs> like acknowledging it in a really bad way. I don't know. I think that'll be, I don't know. It just, yeah, it feels like a kind of important, I don't know, for something that like means nothing. <laughs> Like, that's the hard thing. Like, it's the Oscars. Like, it doesn't impact my day. No. I don't care about their awards. Like, no. I'm sure it impacts their paychecks and future projects and whatever. And it's a good honor to, like, be honored for your work. And I fully support that. But, like, use this platform. Yeah. Because what else are you using it for? Yeah. Though I will say that I also heard, I listen to a lot of NPR, which you guys are realizing right now, because <laughs> I only talk about NPR articles. Um <laughs> I was listening to NPR on the way home from work and they, this is totally off topic, but they um, were talking about the um, urban legends or conspiracy theory. <gasps> oh my gosh. Conspiracy theory Friday. It's not a thing. Um, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, that getting the best supporting actress Oscar mm-hmm. means that you never get work ever again. What? Yes. Is that a real thing? Well, not really, because there's people like Angelina Jolie, and like yeah. there there are exceptions, but like okay. there are also a lot that that has proven to be true. Um, though it's one of the things in this talks. This gets a little bit back to what we're talking about is like the gender role of like a lot of women will, or the women who get the best supporting actress award will sometimes go on to do like less artful movies and kind of go to big box Hollywood and are ridiculed and torn apart for it Hmm. where men are not like Hmm. there are plenty of men who have won Oscars and won you know best supporting actor Oscars who then go on to do like Batman or um like any other like big box Hollywood like Avengers and, or yeah. something like that. You know, like Christian, I say mm-hmm. Batman, but like Christian Bale, like won, I think best actor for a movie that I'm forgetting right now, but he mm-hmm. won, went on to do Batman and no one was like, Oh, you're selling out. Yeah. Like, no one did that, but women have kind of an adverse that happens to them more. Yeah. Also women who have won an Oscar are 68% more likely to be div- divorced. Like 68% of the women that have won Oscars have also gotten divorced. Hmm. So lots of weird things, but. That is really weird. Um, I think the only thing you had shared, um, just, and and we talked about this with the big, the research paper that we had shared earlier too, is that this isn't just an Oscars problem. problem. It's really Hollywood. Yeah. So there um, was a study that looked into diversity in Hollywood, and we'll put – we're not going to get into all the statistics because we did that um, a couple weeks ago, but for reference, you can check out our show notes. <laughs> Snow notes. Snow notes. <laughs> it's a hard um, word. But I think the best quote from this article came from Catherine Piper, who was the author of the study that looked at the diversity in Hollywood. And I think this is really the heart of it. And she says, doesn't everyone deserve to have their stories told and see themselves on screen and part of the, you know, cultural storytelling that we all embrace and enjoy? So for us, it's really about making sure that people see themselves represented on screen. And I think that is like the most important piece of all of this is it is about representing our 
communities mm-hmm. and like see having kids be able to see themselves or see people like them represented in film and television mm-hmm. because that helps it makes an impact like tv and film are a huge part of our culture yeah and when it doesn't actually represent our culture that's a problem yeah and it it doesn't work and it leads to you know self-esteem differences there's i think mm-hmm. i talked last time about the difference um between white teenager boys mm-hmm. perceptions of themselves and boys teenager boys of color and their yep. perceptions of themselves and it's totally different yeah <laughs> like yeah. just a very different worldview and this was all tied into television and movies and culture in that regard so like how they viewed themselves based off of those types of mediums but right but i i just can reiterate like doesn't everyone deserve to have their stories told and to see themselves on the screens yeah so i think that's, that's the heart of it yeah um, I don't want to dig too much because we have a couple other topics to get to, but yes. um, are there a few, so, I mean, we'll be watching the Oscars, but are there a few that you really liked, like nominees or the movies um, so or here, like actors and actresses you'd hope would win? So here's the thing. I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Me neither. <laughs> I have not been on a movie I've been doing really poorly this year. Yeah. We, I don't. So I saw just in terms of like best picture. Yeah. I'll just run through like I saw Bridge of Spies. I saw Mad Max and I saw The Martian. That was three of the eight. I have seen The Revenant and Spotlight. Oh, I didn't know you saw The Revenant. Yes. Did you like it? I loved it. Okay. Good to know. It's very violent. Okay. Just an FYI. Yeah. And it's also very long, so also just be prepared for that. But it was beautiful, and um, John and I had differing views on how Native peoples were represented in the movie. Interesting. Um, But then I gave him – well, because he didn't like necessarily the viewpoint of – like there was – there was a lot of violence and, you know, like Native Americans coming in and like – pillaging and Mm -hmm. murdering and just kind of going nuts and uh whatever but um and he thought that they might have been cast in a more negative light than they should have been okay i actually didn't take that viewpoint at all Hmm. um there was that but the also the white men were horrible as well and were not depicted as being great people but leonardo dicaprio has a son that is half native american okay um and they speak in native language together. Okay. Um, and so the, just having a native language in a big motion picture in itself is yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and also the, the native Americans that were in the film had a story to them. Okay. Like there was a story arc of like, well, yeah. why they were doing Not what they were doing. Strange. Yeah. Men. That came in and, yeah. you know, scalped people. Like it was yeah. much more, there was much more to it. And I, I thought it was, um, and it was, you know, they, it just, they did the right, they did it the right way too, in terms of how they cast Interesting. people and how they interacted with the tribes and okay. made them a part of the film. So yeah, that awesome. in itself was a big victory as well. Um, okay. but then like, and I called John on this because we're watching Deadwood and he's already yeah. watched it before. And there is a native American aspect to Deadwood a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, 
and they are depicted terribly. <laughs> like it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're okay with this. <laughs> yeah. But you're not okay with the Revenant. And he kind of like was like, okay, I get your point. Yeah. So, but I thought it was, I recommend it highly. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Um, I really want to see room and Brooklyn and John really wants to see the big short. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing them all. I just yeah. kind of didn't get to it. I, I will just say that I really loved The Martian, mm. and I love Matt Damon in The Martian, so I'd be pretty fine with him or The Martian winning anything. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I don't. like. I think I am much more interested in the Oscars for the cultural yes. current importance of it yeah. versus like really caring about I'm just so out of touch with the films, yeah, this year. I'm just not... Yeah. Yeah. So So we're not doing an Oscar ballot this year. No. I beat the crap out of you last year. I don't want to talk about it. But that's okay, because we're not going to do it this year. (laughs) Okay. They can win by default. At least a tie. Okay, fine. Tie. Nice. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Next follow-up. Full frontal with Samantha B. Hell yeah. Okay. This show is magnificent. It is very good. I I'm gonna just say this. I think it is the best show out there in its genre. That seems fair. So and I'm not I'm not talking about the other late nights with like Jimmy Fallon and um even Stephen Colbert because they're the way they set up and how they It's very different, but it's like totally different. But the Daily Show, mm-hmm. um the Larry Wilmore Nightly. Nightly. Um and I'll even throw in John Oliver in there as well. Oh, interesting. I think she is better than all of them. She is great. I will say, so I think I've only watched, there might be three or four episodes out now. Four. Four. Yeah. We just, I've only seen the first two and a half, maybe. I appreciate that it's on TBS because she can use whatever language she wants, which is really important. At first I was like, what are you, how can you say that? And then you're like, oh, late on TBS. Um, And what I, Mike and I were both cracking up because the very first scene of the first episode, the first sketch is like her basically giving a press conference. Yeah. And all of these reporters are like, so being a woman, (laughs) how does it feel? And like, being a woman, do you still think you're funny? And uh, and like, they just kept pushing this. And I just like, she just addressed it head on and has like not looked back. She is equally she's an equal opportunist with like tearing down yep the presidential candidates true um the republicans i feel like are easier to tear down in general <laughs> but she does a great but she like did you just, see the bernie sketch with the classical music yes and it was hysterical <laughs> so it was i it's laughed just, i don't know if it was like mozart or whatever but <laughs> i laughed it was just the entire silent, time silent clip of bernie in the debate And it looks as though when you have the debate muted, it looks as though he's conducting an orchestra. And so then it's just him waving his hands around conducting to classical music. (laughs) And we enjoyed that thoroughly. I (laughs) laughed from the very start of that until the very end of that. There was no time that I was not laughing. Oh, man. Um, I also... So she... um, 
I think one of the other funnier parts was when I don't even remember what Trump was saying. Oh, he's talking about the war in Iraq. Um, and was saying, uh, you know, we shouldn't have gone into the war. Like there was no weapons of mass destruction. Um, we shouldn't have done that. Like we created instability in the Middle East and this whole clip is going on and it comes back and she's just flat on her little, like, um, it's not a table. It's like, it says full frontal with Samantha B. Mm-hmm. It's like the big sign and she's just laying on it. And she's like, Oh my God. I agree with Trump. <laughs> what is going I can't. What is going on? And it was really funny. Yeah. Um, um, I really appreciate Like, I think she, I'm excited to see what types of stories she's going to continue covering yeah. because she has this very great balance that, I mean, the Daily Show gets right a lot of the time. It's just a different perspective. This balance of factual poignant attention to an issue Mm -hmm. like sprinkled with some comedy and so she which i mean i guess we would have had to assume because we know that um her and her husband went to jordan yeah and that like they have traveled there often or you know had a long trip there where they did a lot of things like segments and bits and shows and um so she's covering uh syrian refugees Mm -hmm. And is going and talking to them and interviewing them at refugee camps. Yeah. And, and it's just, I mean, I don't know who else has done that in that way. No. Where she's just like, oh, well, so what are you accept? Like, oh, yes. As a reminder, these are human beings yep. who have cares and dreams and concerns just like any of you. Yep. Um, and then she also went, so there was kind of like... uh here are some like American culture and history and civics lessons Mm -hmm. for the very few who would be coming to be refugees in the U S and she went into those classes and like the funniest thing, she interviewed a couple who lives in New Jersey now. Mm -hmm. And the wife said the funniest, strangest thing to her was that Americans wear sweatpants everywhere. (laughs) So I think it's weird too, man. Then she went back to that class and like, that's what, you know, she was Mm -hmm. saying, and get used to wearing sweatpants anywhere and it's fine and like they're can't, all like snickering and like the and women like, are all can laughing. Can you wear sweatpants to your wedding? And they were like, <laughs> no, 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 no. And she no. was like, yes, you can. They're called fancy sweatpants. <laughs> um, so I thought that was great. And then actually there, there was a little cartoon like image that they did that I just want to like blast out onto the internet everywhere which is the process by which you become a refugee somewhere, yeah. like to be a legal refugee in another country, what is that process? And what is that process for the U.S. specifically? Yeah. So she's talking to a woman who is kind of a case manager for a program um, and like just going through those details, like none of like it wasn't funny. No. Like this wasn't comedy in the sense of like they were giving you information about like the 20 different state departments that would have to like miss something. Well, even the fact the very beginning, well, at some point they come out and say that refugees don't get to pick which western right. state they go to. Right. Like they can where they was get it assigned. that they where I was don't, it? somewhere I've never, <laughs> never even heard of. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. So it's not even like the a terrorist because she was. The act- point was like, yeah. can terrorists come in as yeah. refugees? And it was like, it's 
there are so many easier ways to get into our country. Yeah. Yeah. And then she also covered um, women's job opportunities. And yeah. she like showed a picture and some video of like little girls. Like, what are your dreams? What do you want to become when you grow up? And then went through different jobs and yeah. like the incidents of sexual harassment at these workplaces. Um, and just, I mean, she just has very poignant messages to share yeah and i i think she's doing it really well i think she's great um and i will there's been a couple other my favorite there's been a new um la times article recently because we you know we had talked about how her behind the camera writing staff has been the most diverse in late night yep and so there was a new one and the the headline is really all you kind of need, but it just says Samantha B has the solution for Hollywood's diversity problem. Just hire people. Yep. <laughs> like if that's what you want. And so she has her writing staff now um, is equally divided men and women. And then 25% um, of that is people of color yeah, and that they're working on increasing that as well. So it's still like, I appreciate that this is still an issue that they are bringing up. Yeah. It wasn't just in the lead up to the show. Nope. It is going to be an ongoing yeah. perspective and voice that they really share. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. all I got. It's really funny. People should watch it. Yes. It's hysterical. Not with children around though, because it is on TBS. There's lots of bad Bad language. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, Shall we? WTF. The Walking Dead. This is your very polite spoiler alert. If for some reason you are not caught up to February 26th <laughs> episodes of The Walking Dead... Feel free to just turn us off now. Yes. This is our last topic. Thank you for listening. (laughs) We'll catch you again in two weeks. But we want to talk about The Walking Dead. Yes, we do. Holy crap. Holy crap. What are your first holy craps? So the, (sighs) the most recent episode was the first one. No, the second one back from the break. Right, second one back because the first the first one was when they annihilated like eight thousand zombies. Yes, that was kind of like the final the attack, and when they burned the lake, which was their only source of water. But apparently it wasn't. But apparently not. So then, this recent episode is basically two months in Walking Dead time after the town kind of fell apart and they cleaned it up. It's been two months, which. I will just say, as someone who cannot watch The Talking Dead because John yes. is scared of the show and I can't watch it live. Um, you could DVR The Talking Dead, though. I could. But you don't. But I don't. Okay. I, the only reason I know that is because they talked Michonne about the walk- was a guest on The yeah. Walking Dead or on The Talking, Talking Dead, Dead and she mentioned that it had been about two months. Like, um, clearly time had passed because there aren't 8,000 zombie corpses yeah like, and carl is alive with his eyes shut out yeah it's crazy i don't know how he's alive i don't know how that it's crazy I, I don't get it um what else are your huge wtf moments from um, the last episode rick and michonne <laughs> what are they doing i don't think i approve okay so you don't approve i don't think i do what bothers you about it i feel like it's gonna get messy 
And I feel like they are the leaders of this, yeah. this clan and they need to, like, there can be no falling out. Like, yeah. I don't know if falling out is even a luxury that people have in this world anymore. Well, like, I mean, I guess it happens, but I, but like people depend on them more than they depend on any other people in yeah. this group. And if there is like issues or conflict or like a problem between the two of them, yeah. and I'm not saying that they're going to like, I don't know. So here's my thing. Like my, <laughs> I think that that is exactly why they are perfect uh, together. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been leading up. It's been leading <laughs> up through the seasons. They have always found each other yeah. when they've been separated. They've always leaned on each other. And Michonne has been increasingly the only person who stands up to Rick and can True. can speak with reason and speak like calmly or knock him the F out yeah. when she needs yeah. to, which she, she has done. She did that. You know, like I think that she is of equal like stature yeah. to match him and that it just seems naturally like, yes, this makes sense. Whereas like all of the other women, which has only really been like the two, but like he had to protect them and take care of them. And, and he awful. always made stupid mistakes because he was like, oh, I'm going to go back and try to help my stupid, this, you know, can't speak up for themselves or take care of themselves, whatever. There's a poor depiction of women, but like he always had to go and save the day. Yeah. And there would always be stupid mistakes with that. And I think with Michonne, there is this strength that she brings that like they are equals. I will I will give you that. So I'm just worried they're gonna have a horrible breakup and it's gonna be awful. I don't think they're gonna break up. <laughs> I do think the funny uh, the other thing on the Talking Dead, Nathan Fillion was the guest. Uh-huh. And he was like, Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> he was like, everyone that Rick has dated or loved dies. dies. <laughs> but I don't I think we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay. <sighs> I mean, at least as far as I know. Who is or gonna hope. die? I don't know. So do you know though? I I honestly don't. Okay. So I actually it- might spend the rest of the weekend reading the rest of the comic. <laughs> um but so as of right now, so we're going to release a little bit early so there'll be six more episodes. Yes. to the end of the season, which is actually more than I was thinking. One of the articles I had just read, so we have heard mention of Negan. Yes. I have heard that he's not going to show up until the finale. Ugh. Which means that the finale is going to be bonkers crazy. People are going to die. Yeah. And then we're going to have to wait a year. <laughs> Why so can't like, I be binging I, it still? I have guesses about who dies. Yeah. Some based on the comic and some based on like where they've been diverging from the comic and coming back. Yeah. And I just, I just don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I do. I We were talking about this a little bit. So Jesus mm-hmm. is the newest kind of outsider that they've brought in yeah. and you don't like him. No, he. I think he's terrible. And they don't understand why Rick and Daryl chased after him. So it's like a buddy comedy. Oh my God. <laughs> it was 
ridiculous. I was like, guys, just go away. Like, you have a truck full of goodies. Like, just leave him. Like, he's not going to hurt you. I know. And you can drive faster than him so he can't trace you. But then he'll just show up somehow on the top of your truck. Like, that man's got skills. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think Jesus is bad. Okay. Hilarious quote in or out of context. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think he's bad. Okay. So I am more comfortable seeing where his involvement with them progresses. Well, I the, I mean, you can't blame me for thinking that he's bad. I can't blame you. Because but he hasn't, he's had the opportunity to like kill all of them and he hasn't. True. But there are some twisted individuals in this world. That's true. And he could be playing, I mean... He's and he's also really smart, which scares me. Yeah, because they, <laughs> a lot of the people that they've faced, um, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. I was going to say a lot of the people that they faced, like some of the villains and the other people, yeah. have not been the most intelligent of people. But that's probably not well, true. Like with the governor, the governor. I mean, the governor was the governor was another. He knew what he was that. doing. Yeah, but, but like. Like, just kind of the rogue, like, the rogue people that mm-hmm. they run into and, like, have issues with. Like, yeah. they're normally not the most resourceful or intelligent. So, like, meeting someone that's on their skill level. Right. is scary. Is terrifying. And also, the very last scene when Michonne and Rick are in, like, lover's aftermath. I know. And he shows up. That is a little bit terrifying. Um, okay. At first I thought it was going to be Carl and I'm like, he can't see this yet. What if it goes wrong? (laughs) No, Carl, no. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, okay. Oh boy. So who do you, so let's presume. Okay. Because it is the walking dead. Yes. That one or more major, (sighs) major (sighs) original, like within the first first two seasons, original characters get killed (sighs) before or in like the finale who do you think it's gonna be i could see it well they're not really that original though because i was thinking sasha and they they would count to me um sasha and what's his face anyone at this point who's not like from from Alexandria. alexandria yeah um yeah i would say I could see it being Sasha, mm-hmm. especially because she's had, I think that could be an interesting storyline too, because she was like wanting to die and then she's come back from that yeah. and then like interesting gets screwed and dies. I yeah. can see that happening. Um, I could also see Maggie dying huh? because oh, I'd be so sad. I'd be really sad if Maggie, though she hasn't really been in any of, she hasn't, which that is surprising. Maybe she will there's six more episodes. I'm hoping that she kind of gets a more major role back. Yeah. It's been a little bit bizarre with who's had bigger roles. Time, yeah. Um, yeah, like more time this season or not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because I think it would be a big shock to the system to kill off Maggie. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll kill Glenn because that would just be mean. Yeah. Like, they have almost killed Glenn twice now. <laughs> and to actually He's kill him. He's died every season. Yes. <laughs> In this season, he's almost died twice. Yeah. And the most recent oh, death was man. kind of ridiculous that he didn't die, but that's another. It's yeah, a television show. thing. <laughs> I, okay. Oh, man. I could see it being any 
which is this is terrible. I can't just like name them all, which is like in my head what I was about to just do. I could see Abraham getting killed. I was thinking that too. Um, I could actually see them. For me, it would have to be like Glenn or Daryl. Like, no, they can't kill them both. Nope. But I do think oh my God. that the show is crazy enough that they would kill one of them. If off. they kill Daryl, I'm quitting. That's a lie. But I would consider quitting. I know. Because Daryl is, I think, my favorite part of the show. I, I agree. But Which is, so I'm just saying, hilarious like, I he's think not that, in the comics. Yeah, he's not. I, I don't know. I think Abraham, Glenn, I wonder if Tara. Oh, yeah. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> yeah. And see, like, that's why. Like, I think there's kind of this sense lately of that. Um, she's fine. I, but, but I mean, I she's been building relationships with Alexandrians and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. I do, however, think, and now I can't think of his name. I'm totally blanking at the moment. But um, the son. Oh, um, that <sighs> who killed his killed his zombie mom in the yeah. woods. Yeah, I forget his yeah. name too. I think that he will continue. I think he like. I think he's going to get more time. I hope mm. and become better. Like he's going to be that example of Alexandrians being better. stronger yeah. and better. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like he was one who wanted to fight Rick for. Like Rick's power didn't want Rick in power, so it could swing the other way. Like he could grow in his own power and then try to continue battling Rick. Yeah. Um, Do you think there will be any? I I don't think so. So I'm not even sure why I'm asking. (laughs) What? Well, you just brought that up the conflict between him and Rick, and I was wondering if you thought there would be any like human on human killings within alexandria or within like oh within alexandria that's not including like negan and outside camps Mm. probably not i don't see that happening um i really think Everyone's kind of gotten on we the same seen page. Aaron a lot lately, either. No, I know. Everyone, like, I think did his that boyfriend die? I don't know. They didn't really indicate. No, you know what? I don't think so because isn't his boyfriend the one in the cast? Yes, and he was in the latest episode because there was, was a guy he? walking around in a cast, and I was like, "Where do they get a cast?" Because <laughs> yes, it was like a walking foot cast. <laughs> they like really stocked up. Um, anyway. Uh, Oh, I I feel that the latest like attack of the zombies on Alexandria mm-hmm. and previous to that the wolves. Yeah. I mean, thinned out the crowd at Alexandria. <laughs> yeah. But I I mean, there are definitely still ex- Alexandrians that can go. Yeah. Because there were people that were coming out of their houses in the in the first episode from the break. Yeah, that were coming out of their houses to fight that we've never, never seen before, ever seen ever. before. So I do think there is an opportunity. I just don't think that it's going to be other Alexandrians. Yeah, like I think there's there's definitely going to be human on human, yes, <laughs> violence, <laughs> yes. and that's going to I think be the predominant. Mm-hmm theme going through the rest of the season versus the zombies yeah. or the walkers um well there's only i mean there's only so much walker right it still like, is like wait why lines. are they still surprising you yeah 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 <laughs> 
Why is this still a surprise? But anyway, I don't know. I just, I am worried. I think your point about Sasha could be right. I wonder if like Eugene, it'd be like Eugene or Abraham. Yeah. Glenn or Daryl. Like, I think there are people who there is a balance that they bring. And so it'd have to be one of that Yeah. Um, They're not going to kill Daryl and Glenn. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think they'll ever kill Rick? I don't know. I think that might be too far. I don't know. Unless like, what is season seven supposed to be the last or do they have they they're undecided. Um, I mean, if I finish reading the comic this weekend, I'll let you know what's happened through (laughs) compendium three, which I'm only a third of the way through. Um, what I do think is interesting. I think we've talked about this before in the comic. Uh, Rick loses his arm at one point. He, his arm gets cut off, but that would be way too hard to do in the show. To have to oh, have accommodate to- that with like after <laughs> effects on the show, <laughs> yeah, that's- to get rid of a main character's like one of his main limbs, yeah. Um, so they not have a him. leg because it was pretty easy with Herschel. It was pretty easy with Herschel, leg. yeah. Um, so they haven't. They either haven't done it yet or aren't going to do it. But in the comic, Rick has had a little bit more. Uh, he's had more incidents. So I just, I Googled uh, final season of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And this article is from 2015, so July, but before this most recent season started. And it says AMC's Walking Dead is in no danger of ending anytime soon, but it's reassuring to know that creator Robert Kirkman has a plan in mind for the day the blockbuster zombie show finally breathes its last. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to... Like, yeah, I mean, I could see them killing him off towards the end, but not with seasons to go. Whoa. Um, As far as the show is concerned, executive producer Dave Alpert noted in the 2014 produced by conference that the writers have plot lines mapped out through season 12. What? If AMC opts to continue it that long. That's a little crazy. Um, Specifically because we have really good idea of what season 10 is going to be. (laughs) We know we have a really good idea about season ten. <laughs> Why don't you make that season seven? <laughs> yeah, like go there now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I will add. I mean, just because we've been talking about uh, diversity in Hollywood, oh yes, that um, there's been kind of mixed, uh, like. Kind of a mixed bag opinion about whether The Walking Dead has handled diversity well or been. I mean, it has been at many times after the first kind of season or two. um, One of the shows on kind of a main network with a lot of popularity that actually has a strong diverse cast where it's not like buddy backup. Yeah. Supporting characters. Yeah. Michonne, uh, Gabriel, Glenn, um, I mean, Sasha now, but like Tyrese and T-Dog in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I yeah. Is that something you've like noticed or paid attention to, or it just feels like, yes, this is a great cast. <laughs> no, it feels like how it should be. 
Um, the one, the one article, um, mentioned that the diversity was lacking a little bit in the beginning, especially considering they were in Atlanta where the population is 50% African American. Yeah. Um, so like it might've been a little, not very representative. It was like a little bit more mixed, um, with the group that Glenn was originally with, but like half of them died than two episodes later. (laughs) So then it was really just T-Dog. Yeah. Um, But since then, it's become... It's how it should be. Yeah. It looks like... I think the... um, And the article I was reading was from a season or two ago, but that of the... Let me see. Like, of the main... The main strong characters, there were at least seven or kind of always around at least seven major non-white characters and so of course like they include michonne in that as a leader um they include glenn as a korean american is definitely a leading character um so i do think there was like this funny uh t-dog in the beginning addresses it in the show yeah like i mean he mentions um that he feels threatened with the group if they're going to like leave someone behind or not like keep up with the group. And he's like, you know, I'm sitting here with two good old cowboy sheriffs and a redneck whose brother cut off is on hand. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes, Daryl. Uh, he's just like, who do you think in this scenario is the first one to get lynched if something goes wrong yeah. or if they have to leave someone? So they were definitely addressing it, but I think it's been. It's been good. It's been good. They've um, been doing a good job. Another article that we'll put in the show notes, um, the title is, Can a Show Be Too Diverse? Or Is The Walking Dead Too Diverse? And my answer is nope. Oh, yes. And there, the point of this article was that because the show was so diverse, when they were killing off main characters, they were cl- killing off some of the black characters. Yeah. And then there was an uproar about that. Yep. And their point was, but the cast is genuinely so diverse <laughs> that like, this is how the ki- this is the storyline for this character. Yeah. And that's a different viewpoint, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, so no, I think they I do a know. good job. Yeah. It is a hopefully good example. Having a, black female lead character in a show yeah is pretty (laughs) it's probably few and far between yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah awesome well i am looking forward to what happens in the episode sunday night six more episodes oh it just makes me so nervous and you were you were saying that Negan doesn't come back until or doesn't present himself until the final episode so i am I like need to go back and find that article because with knowing that there are six more, I don't know how that is the yeah, case. How do they avoid that? Or do they just run into his people? That there's just a lot more stuff that they can do with. I mean, because like in the comic, he shows up pretty soon after like their first couple interactions with his gang. Yeah. Um, so they can draw stuff out, I suppose, or they can reorder other people they come in contact with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, It'll be interesting to see if it is not until the finale finale that we actually see and experience Negan. Yeah. So. That's crazy. We shall see. Oh, boy. All right. We better get out of here. Yeah. My last follow-up 
for all of those that participated in our puppy bowl competition, um, your small thank you, gratitude, gratitude. That's right. Nope. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, our tokens of gratitude there. are in the mail. Prize packs are in the mail for a couple of you. I'm going to reach out and make sure I have the correct address. And so look forward to those. Awesome. That's all I got. Woot. Um, so we love feedback. So tweet at us using the likely story hashtag, which is hashtag likely story. Super original. You can also tweet at Shelby, um, at Shelby Elizabeth, and you can tweet at me at Polly Ann K. Uh, you know, we're on Facebook, so respond to our episodes, ask questions, let us know what you think is going to happen on The Walking Dead or the Oscars. Uh, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash sunrise robot. Uh, special thanks to our amazing superstar level sponsors, Carolyn Kraut and Benji Robinson. And uh, don't miss an episode like this week when we're releasing early. Uh, if you use your favorite podcatcher with an RSS feed or the iTunes buttons on the website, you won't miss episodes even when we release on a weird time. Yep. So thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.